0: Welcome to the Acme Packing Company Podcast Network. I'm Justin Mosqueda. We're down here in Indianapolis. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooke and Tex Western. Saves with the people, guys. What's up, justice? How was your breakfast? It was good. I had (laughs) uh, my first meal of the day was at, what, 745? (laughs) You said at 8.38 p.m. What a great breakfast. I had two IPAs before (laughs) I had a single calorie of food. Uh, No, I had a, uh, what were the electrolytes called? Um, pe-
1: yeah, I pedialyte. Big pedialyte. I had Pedialyte
0: yep. last night, uh, 4 a.m. I was in a bar doing pass sets against an NFL coach. Um, I saw make, it; it was glorious. I've been making a complete ass out of myself basically this <laughs> entire week. Um, I think that's the refrigerator making sounds right now. I'm joined here with Evan Tex Westman too. So it's the people Tex. Hey everybody! Finally made it. Uh, it was an extra day or two behind you guys, but we're here. You didn't miss anything, <laughs> other than hangovers. We're here. We're great. We're <laughs> spectacular. It's, it's fun. I feel fine now. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's ride. So we're down here in Indy. Uh, we're recording this on a, if I haven't completely lost time, it's a Thursday. It My is Thursday, it is, Thursday. It is okay. Thursday evening okay. of the combine.
1: First day of on-field
0: stuff. Yes. So early in the morning, which, again, some somebody in this group, we'll, we don't have to name names, Skip the, uh, <laughs> the interview <entire> portion. <laughs> We did. We, we uh, had interviews with the defensive backs, so you know the corners and the safeties talked in the morning, yeah. and then uh, the defensive linemen, you know, edge rushers, off ball linebackers, just did their on field drills. We stuck through what defensive linemen. We were down there in the stadium watching them, probably halfway through the edges, and then we yeah, ended yep. up having to catch a uh, a meet up with the with the folks at a uh, at a uh, she said she said TV. I'm spacing out. This is just the status it. of my yeah. brain right now. Um, what stood out to you guys from the interviews? Because I saw, you know, we got on the site. The big safeties that Tyler and I ended up liking. We talked about it in, yeah. in, in uh, Draft Talk 2.0. Um, Chris Smith from Georgia yep. and then Jordan Battle from Alabama had both talked to the Green Bay Packers. Did anything else stick out It was guys? It was
1: uh, Brian Branch from Battle Branch. and then Jordan Battle. From Bama, mm-hmm. both were Packers. Uh, formal yeah. meetings today, as well as uh, Keely Ringo, the corner from yeah. Georgia, who's big, big dude, like six two, six two and a half. There's been talks of moving him to safety because yeah. of that. Yeah. Yep. yeah,
0: his whole thing. I saw today. He said, you know, he wants to run less than a four eight three or something like that. And I know a lot of people look at him and they think of him as like a cover three corner. So mm-hmm. I think of like Richard Sherman or something like that. Yeah. Like you're just taking up the sideline. And then some people think. If you're not running a cover three scheme, which again, a lot of teams in the NFL are doing that right now. I don't want to just keep speaking about split high safeties and stuff, but some people are potentially looking at him as a safety. Um, How serious these interviews are Very. I was out there, again, until four o'clock in the morning with Tyler. We were talking to an NFL coach. He was saying he physically wrestled one of the guys (laughs) (laughs) in his last meeting of the day. And Mind you, I had seen the previous coach out. Until four o'clock in the morning, the previous past two days. (laughs) So, if you're wondering how serious these guys are taking some of these interviews and you hear this goofy stuff, half of the time the coaches are just trying to keep their self interested. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, Worth noting that they met with the Packers, but probably not. It's not a big deal. I would wait until the top 30 visits. They call them top 30. It's just the official visits where they bring them into the facility to really kind of make any sort of broad stroke judgments on the interest of the yeah. team.
1: Yeah, because at least under Gutekunst, the Packers have actually used their visits on players. Right. They are seriously considering drafting, not yeah. just yeah. on, especially in the high, you know, day one, day two guys, the the guys with character questions that they need to vet. Like why
0: it came in last year, for yeah, example, right. and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Yeah,
1: so, you know, and, and you're almost certain you're going to get the Packers drafting one or two of their visits on day three guys, round yes. seven, round yep. six guys. But, uh, yeah, Goody's been much more willing to use more of these visits, it seems like, on, on potential first-rounders, um, whether or not they have character concerns than Ted was, because Ted yeah. almost always used them just on late visits. They, they
0: were used on, late, functionally to, like, recruiting visits, almost, right. for yeah. UDFAs. A lot of UDFAs, yeah. yep. 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 I, w- I would talk with agents before I did XFL stuff. I worked for, Opt- for Optimum Scouting, and we had... Um, kind of like a consulting business with with certain agencies and stuff like that and if you look at the data it was like if you're a UDFA and you wanted to make a team and you wanted a legit shot it was the Snyder Seahawks at that point and then the Thompson Green Bay Packers and then you yeah. know both of those teams basically used the visits as a recruiting pitch to when they're on the phone with you and saying hey you we can give you a $10,000 signing bonus here or this other team's giving you 15 that's when That stuff all ended up coming into play, but now you know obviously Green Bay is kind of taking a different approach.
1: Um, As far as the interviews today from a Packers angle, only thing that stood out to me, you know, Chris Smith, Jordan Battle seemed pretty polished. Uh, Battle seemed a little more smiley or humorous, but Brian Branch, man, I think we got to bring it up at least. That dude is smart. Yeah, of all the questions anyone's asked (laughs) or anything like that, um, he basically just broke down how Cover Seven works from his position. And understanding and diagnosing, like just route concepts in general, and just the way he broke that down with ease. like, and you can tell he's not even thinking about it. Yeah, just effortless, shocking. Uh, yeah, right. A guy coming out of Alabama, the Saban defense yeah. and Playing Saban tree and everything. Genius. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I came away very impressed with him, and uh, it brings up the question again because Nagler was asking us. He really wants Brian Branch, and I can uh, I can appreciate why people are. Interested. Yeah,
0: we just. The nickel position specifically, too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are listening may not remember or may not follow college football close enough. Like Minka Fitzpatrick, when he came out in the draft, he basically exclusively played in the slot position for Saban. Like yep. Saban, you're treating that position like it's, even though it's only on the field on nickel downs, right, against 11 personnel, you're you're, you're only seeing it against three wide receivers or more, right? That's the easiest way to explain it. That's the most important position on the field. So you have to really trust that guy. Um, We just got back from dinner with our buddy uh, Deontay Lee, who I mentioned before, you know, works for the athletic. I think he's been on the pod before. Um, And he was like, I understand why you, after talking about the kind of like the Packers' needs and stuff like that, why he's not like the best fit for the Packers. Just because I think I, I, I wouldn't discount him playing corner yeah honestly like yeah. he has that type of level, level well, of cover skills but if you're gonna play top down almost like run read first like run read two pass that's not necessarily the way he thrives so well i think it's worth noting
1: that branch is working with the corners yeah not the yeah. safeties yeah. here in indy too so yeah. um that may be you know influential too and in, in how teams see him and yeah. know, where he's gonna fit yeah. i mean other than branch nothing really packer specific i mean I was hoping for a few more characters from the DBs today, yeah. Because like that's a position naturally you want the shit talkers and everything like right. that, right? Didn't think we got too many. I was really hoping like Joey Porter Jr. might be one of those. He was he was actually kind of funny because I, I sat in on his for a while, um, and he was saying how you know I really like to take after my dad on the field. You know I'm a really intense guy. I'm a I'm a tough competitor. I'm a physical guy, but I take after my mom off the field. I'm a smiley. I'm a happy dude. I'm relaxed. I'm low key. Um, it was it was kind of funny that He's definitely one of those guys who kind of has that switch that flips when yeah. when he takes the field.
0: Yeah, and if you're thinking to yourself, Joey Porter Jr. is that? Yep. Yeah, that's his son. We're all getting old. <laughs> We're much closer to death than we all want to admit. hundred percent. So the the on-field drill stuff. So they finally um, let the media actually get into the stadium outside of like the fan experience part. First time to watch the is, drills. Yeah. yeah. How much did we get out of that? actually watching the defensive linemen. I like being able to watch them. If you guys don't uh haven't been to like an all star game or a combine or anything, they have this drill that's it's kinda like the agility drills. It's kinda like the three cone. It's kinda like the shuttle, but not really. It's like they have two hoops and they make you run like a figure eight around it. And I think, you know, defensive linemen for the most part, at least the ones that you're gonna pay a good amount of money, you're trying to get to a half man and you're trying to get penetration. And I think that drill really shows mm-hmm. Um, your ability to bend, so that was a that was cool to see. Yep. We saw that with the defensive linemen; um, they kind of did it in a weird way because you had to do a figure eight, but then you like picked up, picked up a beanbag and then dropped down a beanbag, and then it, it seemed like some people were like gaming the technique and stuff like that. I didn't get to see it for the edge rushers because we were out of there. Had to meet the Cheesehead TV people by that point, so I feel like that was cool. But outside of that, I don't know how much more of an experience actually watching the combine from inside the stadium you get than watching it on TV.
1: Yeah, especially with the defensive players. Um, I, I went a couple years ago, I went as part of the fan experience, and I saw the quarterbacks throw to the receivers. That was a little different, if only because right. you get to, to see a little bit of that arm in person, which gives you a little bit different perspective than you do yeah. a TV angle. That one, I think, would be worth it. That's going to be Saturday. I don't know that any of us are actually going to be able to stick around. For I'm that. out. We'll see. I'm yeah, out you're, by You're then. gone. i probably got to be, got to be, got to be gone by the, the early afternoon Saturday. I technically so we'll could, see. but I might be a shell of myself by Saturday. Yeah, so so um, That'll be one we'll have to keep in mind in the future, depending on the schedule. Um, yeah. That's the one where I feel like it might be worth... Seeing in person, yeah. Um, and this is the first year in a long time that they've done defensive players first, and then the offensive guys later on. I maybe. think that's just pushing. I think it's the TV skill guys. Yeah, skill I think it's, guys it's, to the it's, weekend. It's exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. TV. It's to get the quarterbacks on Saturday, get the running backs on Sunday, and and try to get more eyes on it. Because I
0: remember the defensive linemen specifically used to go like last. Yep. Because it would take NFL.com like three, four days to even upload their 3 club time <laughs> and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. You know me being like the well i've watched lineman stuff right like i'm desperately wanting to get these ed rushers three cones and it's just not showing up for days so yeah i mean they've changed around the schedule a lot um indie a lot of bars a lot of hotels a lot of steakhouses yes welcome to my <laughs> home my first time here i've been i've been uh, other all-star games and stuff like that but not the combine so that's my first impression um who are standout standouts from today we we we
1: absolutely cannot not talk about Nolan Smith. Yep. Yeah. This entire week has been the Nolan Smith show. Um, from the time he showed up for his press availability, everyone loved him immediately. Just like infectious positivity, very candid, just as very uniquely himself. Uh, then to today, where he's just posting absurd, absurd scores. You uh, know, for the guy that's still recovering from a torn pack he still ran the forty, yep. did vertical, did broad jump, did he do anything
0: else. No, yeah, cause I, I think he no pulled agilities. up after his first... Yeah, because he cut off. He didn't even do a second 40. His his first 40 time, he ended up looking really frustrated after that, put on a hoodie, basically went down to street clothes, right? So um, it seemed like he probably tweaked something. I don't know if that's been reported. Again, we went straight from there to uh, to some meals, so I don't know if yeah. that's been reported anywhere. I know what was it, the ten yard split, what was it? One, one, five, two. one five
1: two. Okay. So I'm looking that's at that's nuts. I'm looking at his RAS card right now. His he's a little on the small side, six foot two and a quarter, two thirty eight. For an edge and rusher. That, that two
0: thirty eight number is good relative to he probably played at like high two twenties yep. or like yeah. two thirty on the dot and call it. Like he's the Vic Beasley, Randy Gregory type of pass rusher. Like if you're looking like Bruce Irvin, like I've heard all the comps. Like he's that level. So a two thirty-eight. Relatively isn't that bad because no. he's he's bulking. He's the the line's going up, right? Like yep, line's yep. going up in terms of his weight being added. And,
1: and yeah. unlike other guys that bulked up for this, I mean, he still was functional at that weight. Yeah, Four, more
0: than
1: functional. Four three nine in the 40s. <laughs> Absurd. One, five, two, 10 yard split. Forty one and a half vertical. Ten foot eight broad jump. All of those numbers are ninety eighth percentile mm-hmm. or better for
0: edge Oh jersey. my gosh! I think the best. 10 yard split I've ever heard of was clowny at 149, to put that in perspective. So yeah. we're talking, what, three one hundredths of a second mm-hmm. in terms of the first 10 yards? Like, yeah. that's a very explosive player. I think he's oh, yeah. a guy who, you know, people talked about because of the size, right? Because people were like, is he going to show up at 230? I know he's coming off of an injury. He missed the playoffs, all that stuff. I know he's undersized. I think at this point, you put up those numbers. He's probably firmly in the first round now. For me, he was a guy who was flirted around that range. I think he did enough today that he's probably gonna end up going that high. For me, I think it goes even beyond the
1: athletic testing. I mean, we I've told you guys multiple times, you can throw the numbers, (laughs) the production, the size aside. I just want that guy on my football team. Yeah. So you get that and the athletic traits, and for a guy that small, phenomenal against the run. Like he really is a, a complete edge player despite being a little smaller. Uh, I think the sky is the limit for that
0: kid. I just wonder if his true fits actually in a four three, because mm-hmm. like you talk about, uh, I guess Beasley was like a true end, right? Mm-hmm. But then you talk about, I guess Gregory was too. But Bruce Irvin's the one that keeps coming to mind. Where Seattle's playing that four three defense, but it's an over and under. So that linebacker, that Sam linebacker, strong side linebacker, um, so the outside linebacker to the tight end is dropping down near the line of scrimmage in base when you only have two wide receivers yep. and then when they throw three on the field you take off, you know, one of the non-pass rushing defensive linemen and you just have him play on the edge right yeah. like I think that's probably his best role than playing in like an actual 3-4 and it's like you're in every down pass rusher. I don't I don't know if that's how he's going to win at, at 230 whatever pounds he's at right yeah. now cuz it's a tough thing to do. I mean Vaughn Miller lives and dies off of it and he's probably like 250. Yep. I saw him meeting the other day, and it looks 250 to me, so. <laughs> you got text. Uh Northwestern guy.
1: Uh, yes. Adetamuya Adebawari. Adetimu- he was
0: like the second guy to run, yep. and I was like, holy crap, that guy looks like he's flying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, 6'1 and 5'8, 282 pounds, and he ran a 4.49. My goodness. Yeah, that's insane. That's a tenth faster than Rashawn Gary did at like 277. Like, wow. This this guy is insane. I know
0: absolutely nothing about Same. this guy no. other than he yeah. flies.
1: Yep. He had started popping up a lot of places the past few weeks. Uh, I think he was a senior bowl guy. Yeah, I showed Tex a rep while we were just sitting there. Yep. Of him just bull rushing a guy to oblivion in one-on-ones. Um, so that's a guy... I think my favorite part about this process, those guys that you haven't gotten a chance to watch yet and then you're, you're seeing with your eyes, whoa, yeah, that's something. Let's go back and check that out. Yep. Um, well, it's strong circle around that name. Yeah, and and the explosiveness is there too, right? Like he's got a thirty-seven and a half inch vert wow. and a what ten foot five broad broad jump. So all of those thirty-seven
0: at two hundred and eighty at two hundred and eighty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> insane. How does Northwestern find these kids? They I, always have insane athletes. I mean, every once Why in a while, somewhere else. A <laughs> gotta get that education,
1: the education, man. The education
0: yeah. must be good. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah, in a, in a couple weeks when we're finally doing edge rushers or interior alignment, whatever he ends up falling under, you'll hear us talking about him. But, I mean, frankly, I, I have not seen the dude. I didn't Same. know about the dude. I, I did not the, know of
1: his existence yeah. until the senior bowl. Yeah. yeah, and
0: I think the other guy that we have to mention,
1: well, one of the yeah. other edges we got to mention is Lucas Van Ness from yeah. Iowa. Check, Our, just checking boxes. They, co- they yeah. call the guy Hercules. I mean, he's he's basically the the build of Aiden Hutchinson, right? 6'5", yep. 270, 275, something like that. Um, official 40 was four five eight. Wow. So he beat Hutchinson w- by 15 hundredths. Yeah, just from I when think. we were there, definitely something like, I don't think he was the most explosive starts, but he nope. finished them really strong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. His agilities were, were great too. Um, basically seven flat, three cones. That um, big too. Yeah. The question with him, right, like he didn't start at Iowa, right? So he's he's kind of been a rotational pass rusher. Yeah. You're you're really banking on projection. And he played, he played a
0: wide side, too. It wasn't like just on the edge yeah. either. So.
1: And it seemed like he didn't really, have a, from what I've heard, doesn't have a plan of attack. It's all bull rush. So that's one of those things where this is why it's an edge, right? Like these guys are very projectable, and that's why they go so early. If you have those athletic traits and a little production.
0: I think in general, so like if you're a fan and you're just thinking of this as like, is it like tre- trending, thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah. This is thumbs up on the D-line and edge group today, right? Yep. like Insane. There weren't many people Everyone were disappointed. From, yeah. The one guy who hurt me, Siaki Ika, Bad. Yeah. The, uh, the the, the uh, Baylor cat, big old nose tackle, just didn't do really anything well. Yeah, no. uh, he, he looked kind of plodding the whole time. He, he's a nose tackle.
1: And what's disappointing for me is like when I first went and watched him, one of the things I was concerned with is it feels like he's off the field a lot. Like yeah. he has to get off the field, so I was hoping at least you know like when you're fully fresh that you can at least put up some numbers, and he just was not able to do that. I know you want to talk about Isaiah Foskey for Notre Dame. I've already written about him, <laughs> sung his praises. I got to talk to him a little bit off podium for a while. Uh, I've been talking about this kid as like a top twenty-five prospect, and I feel extremely vindicated right now. Uh, we got a nine-point-five ras or what's it official? Five, yeah. His his official forty was a four-five-eight. He's Foss- six, five, 264 uh 105 broad jump all those are in the green 34 inch arms yep yep got length and special teams contributor he had four blocked punts in his college career <laughs> um Tell me he, Rich Passaccia wouldn't love a guy like that. I asked him about special teams, and he just got, like, extremely excited about it. He's like, I'm nice. begging to go on punt block. Yeah, if I had, had four o. blocks, I yeah. would be, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'd be like,
0: oh, awesome.
1: Rich Passaccia will talk to him and be like, you guys better bring him here. Yep. And I, I'm absolutely in the minority
0: here. I would take him at 15. I don't care. And he's a guy who, when you're watching these guys run 40s, you can tell, like, not necessarily like overtrained, but you can tell like which guys are just like super good out of the blocks, mm-hmm. and then their actual running and strides looks a little wonky. Foskey was a guy that was just like his gait is really awesome, so smooth, smooth. yeah, yep. Like it, he looks like a natural athlete out there. You yeah. know? I, it was it was a good showing for him. It yeah, was a yep. good showing for the guy for yep. sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, well, switching gears. As the resident Wisconsin alum, I you do have to. Have, I do have to mention Keanu Benton, uh, Wisconsin's nose tackle, who had a, a pretty good day today. Really good day. Um, looked very, very smooth moving around. Uh, Eight point six raz for him. Very solid today. So 6'4", 309, oh, uh, 508, oh, which is a real good time for, for him at that size. Good explosiveness. Good three cone, seven three four. Yeah. Was what uh, what we have at... Uh, There's a lot of
0: edge rushers who will run slower than that. Yeah. Are 50 pounds wider than that. Yeah, guy, so. So,
1: so that's good. His his only like red number is the 10-yard split. Um, I, I think I saw him slip a little bit. He just didn't have a good start mm. of the blocks. Um, but his broads and his vert, vert, vertical were solid so I think there's there's something to work with there we'll see on like functional strength I think that's going to be one of the questions about yeah, him. we've talked about it a little bit lower body yep. strength was a big concern for me yep. um, that could just be a weight thing like and weight I, program I think thing. there's there's something to that with with uh, concerns about Wisconsin's strength and conditioning program. Are you? Program. Yeah,
0: every Wisconsin fan I talk to is like, yeah. the strength and conditioning program is going to get give, so much better. <laughs> give, give, this,
1: give this guy a year in, in an NFL system, in an NFL program, and, um, and he's going to be real good by year two, I think. So yeah. I, I would love him somewhere – you know, early round four would be great. I might even, you know, reach for him top 100. I feel a little bit more confident that, you know, after a strong senior bowl and this, that he
0: might be a day two guy. Yeah, yeah. And Ben was a guy who, I've, o- I've only seen limited clips, mm-hmm. right, of him, so I haven't done, like, a full study. But from my understanding, and you guys could probably tell me better, like he played nose tackle at Wisconsin, but yep. down at the senior bowl, he started getting more three-tech reps, which is outside shoulder of the guard, where it's more of like a one-on-one, again, like we were talking about, like half-man. I'm trying to get penetration in the backfield. And that's when people were like, oh, he can do this too. Yeah, he might yeah. like, actually be better at this. And that's where it's like, oh, is this guy, can this guy be Kwan Short? Like, can he play yeah. the nose and the 3 tech? Because that I, provides a whole lot more value absolutely. than just like a run-stopping nose is, tackle.
1: He is not just a two-gapping nose tackle yeah. by any means. Yeah. I think that's probably his bet- better role is in like a one-gapping, maybe even a penetrating you know, do tackle role Yeah. who you got Justice? anyone else that we haven't talked about
0: <laughs> the Tennessee kid who By I did know about yeah. <laughs> yeah wild
1: story I mean this man. kid was a, I think he was an assistant manager at like Dollar Tree Dollar General one of those wasn't even playing football and literally just saw an ad at his community college that they're looking for football players and he's just like that sounds sure. kind of fun let's do it does it <laughs> transfers to Tennessee has a phenomenal year disclaimer he is old he's an old man but Tested <laughs> Out of this world today And it, You just see him physically He just incredibly imposing And he played his Ass off for the volunteers yeah. This year Four four three forty, eleven 11 foot broad jump 38 inch vertical uh, Ended up with a Rass of Nine and a
0: quarter mm. That's That's nuts Yeah It'll work that'll Yeah work. I mean Get it, Good on him I will be watching him very yeah. soon. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. I was very shocked
1: at that. And I think the last guy that we got to mention that we that we noticed that jumped in the interior group was uh, Mauro Ajomo yeah. from Texas. For me, it's like a lot of these guys I at least have heard of or know a little bit about. The only Texas d lineman I knew about was uh, Coburn. Yep. And I wasn't that yeah, impressed with him. Yeah, he had a tough I, day. Yeah. Yep. And I, hadn't watched, I had watched a little of him before and wasn't super impressed. Ajomo <laughs> physically uh, just like from appearance size and then just watching him move in those drills yeah like just looks really solid um someone I'm very uh, another guy I'm circling I just want to go back and watch I'm very mm-hmm. curious
0: Tyree Wilson didn't run um and a lot of people didn't run yeah the, the other guy I would mention uh Brian Percy from Clemson mhm seemed like he dropped like 15 pounds, and he did pretty good in in most of the drills. You were talking about that
1: hoop drill. He was moving really well. Yeah,
0: you know, he was a guy, first time I watched him, I didn't really understand it. I talked to, uh, I've already name-dropped him already, Deontay, he told me, you know, maybe go back to last year's film instead of this past year's when he was so big. When he,
1: And when he had Venables as his defensive Right, player. and then
0: he had all sorts of the, the, the family stuff that's been... Kidney you know, injury, yeah. like
1: kidney disease. Yeah. So, Lo- yeah. Really tough year for me. Maybe,
0: maybe I need to go back to the uh, 2021 film on him. Because I didn't understand him at the beginning. But, yeah. you know, former number one recruit. Played at Clemson. I think he started at Clemson for like four years. As a true he, freshman. Yeah, yeah. he could have come out last year. And then he puts up all those numbers like... On paper, he should be like a top ten pick. But okay. I just didn't see it on film. Maybe I gotta go to the old stuff. We'll we'll talk about it at some.
1: point. I've made the argument before, but you think about all of the defensive prospects coming out of Clemson this year. None of those kids took a step forward this year, and I no. feel very strongly that that's a defensive coordinator switch problem. Yep.
0: yep. All right, that's a pod. What else you guys got? Yeah, that's it. Pod guys, go Pack go.
1: Go Pack go. Let's um, enjoy these cold snacks.
0: Yeah. <laughs>